Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. So the message that I have for you today is called Welcomed by Jesus. And it's a message that is found in a strange place in the scriptures. It's found in a place and in a time in which Jesus was being welcomed by the crowds. And it was a time in which he was able to exercise his own spiritual authority wherever he went. In fact, people listened to him more than they listened to the religious leaders of the day. They were not people who would ever experience someone challenging them. But that's what Jesus did at every turn. Jesus challenged all of the religious leaders. And he did it in a way that made them extremely uncomfortable. In fact, on this particular day, we can say that he went further than he had ever gone before. Let's take a look in Mark and in chapter 11. And the first verse that we're going to look at is a verse that tells us what is happening the day before the event. And so Jesus came to Jerusalem and he went into the temple and after looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon and then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. And then at verse 15, it says that when they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and he began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. And he knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those that were selling doves. And then he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. And then he said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. And when the leading priests and teachers of the religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him, but they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. When we see the passage, we see that Jesus overturns the tables of the merchants. And when he does this, it's such a well-known story because we see Jesus basically losing what appears to be his patience. It seems that Jesus in this moment gets angry 
and does something so forceful that in the three Gospels, it even mentions that at one point he was even chasing people with a whip. And so we look at this and we think, what happened to poor Jesus for him to lose his cool and his patience to this degree? But in this passage, if we can go back to verse 11, we can see that Jesus actually is at the temple and he's looking around carefully at everything. And this is happening the day before. So what looks like a very spontaneous moment, a moment in which Jesus lost his cool, his patience, and his ability to control himself, we can see that this was deliberately planned on behalf of Jesus and the Savior all along that he was trying to make a point and make it abundantly clear that what was happening with the temple was not what God had intended. And he brings up a few things that teach us and show us how things are really different than what they appear. In this story, we wonder if Jesus is chasing away merchants, overturning tables in the marketplace, and fighting with the religious leaders, then how is this message even possible to be called welcomed by Jesus? It seems that there are some people who just aren't. Well, anytime you see Jesus upset in the scriptures, it isn't with people who are struggling. It isn't with people who would be called sinners. It isn't with people who we would look to and say, they don't deserve the grace and the mercy of God. Instead, Jesus always gets upset with the religious, with the people who seem to stand in the way and preventing for God's true heart to be revealed and his real purpose to be known and understood as he intended even for the temple. And so what Jesus does is that he shows up the next day and he deliberately goes about doing something that was important for all of us to understand how we today are welcomed by Jesus. You see, in verse 17, it says, He taught them, Hasn't it been written that my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've turned it into a hideout for crooks? Now, he says these words because he wants them to understand that the temple is supposed to be a sanctuary for everyone. It's supposed to be for everybody. It isn't just supposed to be for the religious. And what these priests had done and what the system had done is that it created a market economy for the visitors that would come into Jerusalem for all of the feasts and festivals. 
So imagine that a city like Jerusalem in that time would have about 30,000 inhabitants. But when it would come to the time of a feast like Passover, that the city would receive 180,000 people. That's like F1 weekend here in Montreal or Oceaga or something like that. A lot more people come into the city for events. And so we notice that when we go out, when we see people out and about, and they would have done the same thing. Now, the Gentiles, the people who they would be looking to and saying they don't have a right to enter into the temple, they would have a court that they would be able to access, but they wouldn't be able to go in. And so what Jesus reminds them is that when God built this temple, when he gave you the designs and the plans for it, he didn't just do it for you. He did it for all the nations. He didn't do it for you. He did it so that everybody would be welcome in my house that everyone would be able to have access. And what you have done is that you have decided and determined that you're the only ones that are welcome here. And so Jesus went and he overturned the tables. And he's like, you are not gonna conduct business as usual here because you need to understand this is a sanctuary for everyone. Can we say amen to that? That's how we know we are welcomed by Jesus. That's how we know that God has made a house that receives us all, is that he has made sanctuary for everyone possible. And so whenever we think that we don't belong, whenever we think that we're not welcome, whenever we think that we're not good enough, whenever we think that we don't observe the rules and the laws and that we don't match and meet up to the standard that God has set. God is saying, guess what? I have created my house to welcome everyone because it is supposed to be a sanctuary for everyone. That whenever someone wants to meet with me, that needs me, that wants to be helped by me, changed by me, transformed by me, guess what? I am going to welcome everyone. And that is the heart that we have for God, understood through the actions of Jesus. He says, it's a house of prayer, it's a sanctuary for everyone. The second thing that he does, but in this time, the story is actually found in the Gospel of Matthew. And in Matthew chapter 21 and in verse 14, the exact same story, but in another book of the Gospels, it says that the blind and the lame, this is after he had done all this commotion, after he had overturned the tables, the crowds came into him. They loved him even more for this because they had seen the injustice and the criminality that was behind this operation. And, and people wanted someone to do this for a very long time. And then finally Jesus does it. And then the blind and the lame, they came to him. But look at where they came to him. They came to him in the temple. Now, 
to us, that doesn't sound like there's anything cool or different or unusual about that. But you need to understand that if something was sick in any shape, way, or form, they were not allowed to be in the temple. That a woman who had had a, a flow of blood would have to wait until that was over that anyone who had been sick would have to go to a doctor and get a certificate saying that he could come back to the temple. It was a time in which any form of uncleanliness, any kind that they would deem someone to be unclean, especially someone who was sick. He'd say, but how is someone who's blind or lame sick? They'd say, well, they look at that person and they say, this person is lame or blind because they have been abandoned by God. Because God doesn't love them. Because they did something to deserve this. And if they didn't do it, maybe someone in their family did. And so this is God's way of judging this family, this lineage, this genealogy, this history of this life, whatever it was understood to be. And so imagine that what Jesus does is that he says, I'm not just going to heal you in the outer courts. I'm not going to just heal you outside of the walls where you belong. I am going to heal you in the temple. Now imagine that they couldn't even offer a sacrifice that had any type of deformity that was visible to the human eye. That it had to be spotless. That that sacrifice had to be so perfect that it was the only way that it could enter the temple. And that was an animal. So that it could be offered as a sacrifice on the altar. There was no way that if an animal couldn't get in, that a person could. And you know what Jesus does? He doesn't just make sanctuary for everyone. He makes healing for the imperfect. He allows everyone, no matter who they are, to come in and to receive healing in his name. He was able to touch them and deliver them over and over again. And imagine the onlookers who were religious and who were so convicted and convinced that what Jesus was doing was wrong. Yet with the power of God, people's eyes were being restored. Their hearing was coming back. People who couldn't walk were now able to walk again. All of this was happening while people looked on and criticized what he was doing. And often this happened in Jesus' life because they would look to him and criticize him, but he had the power of God to do what only God could do. And so people looked at Jesus and said, how is this possible that he would be breaking all these rules and yet God is so powerfully with them? And yet this wasn't enough to convince them. And I know that so often in our own lives, God is telling you, you're welcome. God is telling you, you belong. 
God is telling you, come as you are. God is telling you, I don't care about your past. God is telling you, I care about you today. And I'm able to bring you where you always wanted to go, where you always wanted to be. I'm able to love you the way you are right now. Even though you are unable to love yourself, even though you hate those around you, don't you see God is telling us even now that in our imperfection, that in our inability to truly be in the presence of God, in the holiest of places in his temple, it doesn't keep Jesus from healing us. He doesn't care that we're imperfect. He knows that. He's not ashamed of us. And yet we walk around with so much guilt and so much shame. We walk around with so much judgment and condemnation. We walk around convinced that we are never good enough. When all along Jesus is saying, don't you get it? I welcome you the way you are. Come and have sanctuary. Come and as imperfect as you are, receive the healing that you need today. I don't know what the healing is you need. I don't know where it is you need it. I don't know what's happened in your past and what's happening right now in your present. But I can tell you this, God is ready to receive you and to heal you just like he did on that day. He's ready to do that. If you will just go to him and say, God, heal me of this addiction. Heal me of this bondage. Heal me of these chains. Heal me of this unforgiveness. Heal me in my past memories. Heal me in the hurt and the tragedy of my life. Heal me from what was done to me by my own parents. Heal me by what they didn't do as my parents. Heal me from what was done to me by my family, by my friends. Heal me, set me free from it. God, do it now. Let me find sanctuary and healing in you today. This is what we can ask for. It's what we can trust God for. Look, we've all have scars, we all have wounds, we all have pain, but it's how we allow God to deal with that in our lives that shows that we belong to him, that reveals that we have found sanctuary, that reveals that we have found healing, that reveals that we are no longer the same. Isn't that amazing? That God can remind us of that, that he can show us that. And the last thing I wanted to share with you is, is found in Romans 15, 7. And it says that because Jesus has welcomed us like this, He's saying, I want you to welcome each other like this. And so he says, welcome each other in the same way that Christ also welcomed you for God's glory. He doesn't want us to go back to being like the religious leaders. He doesn't want us to have a church that represents the temple that he replaced. He doesn't want us to believe in sacrifices and purity in the way that the religious leaders believed in and thought that was only the indication and the indicator of what the blessing of God could look like in someone's life. God doesn't want us to be like that. And yet, why is it that there are still so many Christians like this? 
Why is it that there's so, so many churches that don't welcome people? Why is it that they think that they're so much better than other people? And then they judge a church that welcomes people because we welcome them the way that Jesus tells us to. Because we're not here to be doormen and bouncers at the door. We are here to allow people to come and have a relationship with Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit convict. Let the Holy Spirit show us what needs to change. Let the Holy Spirit reveal what needs to be different. Let the Holy Spirit do the work in all of us. I don't know a single person, myself included, who isn't trying his very best to do better every day. And every day is a struggle sometimes. More times than others, it's hard to be faithful. It's hard to be loyal. It's hard to be spiritual. It's hard to be a person who obeys the walls of God every day, every moment of every day. You know what that means? It means that every single one of us is disqualified. There isn't a single person who could walk into the temple. There's not a single one of us who would be good enough to receive from Jesus. So what Jesus does is that he says, my house is sanctuary for everyone. My house is healing for the imperfect. My house welcomes people the way that I welcome everyone. My house looks like me. Jesus is saying, it looks like me, like how I did things. And so he went against the religious establishment and he went for people and loved them and he met them where their needs were. And that's what Jesus is wanting to do for each and every one of us. We need to welcome people the way that Jesus welcomed people and that is unconditionally can we say amen to that and so father we just thank you that we could come at the close of this gathering and just ask that we would be received the way we are but brought to a place of full transformation by you thank you that we are welcomed by you you've created a sanctuary for us not just in your presence but wherever we go because you have made us your temple you live in each of us and wherever we go Lord we can be imperfect and yet be good enough because you are good enough you are everything that we needed and today we ask Lord that you would visit the areas of our life where we would need your healing the most and that you would set us free. Thank you that today we have understood how you have welcomed us, but how you ask us to welcome others as well. I pray that you bless this food that we will partake in, this community, the friendship and the memories that we are making in this place. Thank you for today, for this glorious day that you have given us and the opportunity, O oh Lord, to take steps forward in our life and in our purpose with you right with us every step of the way. And we pray this 
In the glorious name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.